1: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes
2: and fees may vary.
3: Along with Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn McNeil. We always cherish our opportunity to talk to one of our favorite people, the manager of the 2007 World Champion Phillies, Charlie Manuel. Charlie, how are you?
4: I'm doing good,
3: doing great. Good. Mike, you set it up.
5: So. Charlie, I think this is so cool. Charlie is coming out with a T-shirt line. going to be called Charlie Knows Best. The T-shirts are going to feature kind of your perspectives on hitting. And the cool part about this is that $5 from every purchase of these T-shirts is going to benefit RIP Medical Debt, which is a national nonprofit that will strengthen communities by abolishing medical debt. Every $100 donated relieves $10,000 in medical debt. And as part of launching this T-shirt line... Charlie's going to be at The Monkey's Uncle, which is a vintage t-shirt shop in Doylestown on the night of Wednesday, October 5th, from 7 o'clock to 8.30. And there's going to be some great giveaways. You're definitely going to want to be there to try to get in line, to talk hitting with Charlie. Uh, Charlie, you know, what's it like to be a t-shirt mogul?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to get a lot of attention. I think people are going to start thinking I need attention. But it's actually... Actually, all I got to do is walk around the ballpark or go somewhere downtown and in Philly or Reading or uh, Lehigh Valley, and I get all the attention I need. Oh, uh you but, are! Uh, uh, I was—I uh, was—I met up with uh, uh, Mark Adams, uh, and we were sitting and talking, and you know, like he's the guy that makes T-shirts, and I started—we uh, started just chatting, and. Uh, and uh we come up with the fact that you know like uh that I I did uh, you know like I wanted to help out when he told me what it, what, what 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 it was for and uh I, I agreed to you know like help him put out some t-shirts and uh you know like and I wanted to help people out that that couldn't pay their uh, uh hospital bills and things and uh you know like because I was always lucky and it seemed like uh, I had some serious uh, illnesses along mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah. my baseball career and stuff like that. And I always had major league insurance and great uh, uh, people around me. And, uh, and uh, you know, like I just wanted to give something back and help, really.
3: I think it's great. All right. I want to talk a little baseball with you. Um, I'm remembering back to 2007 when this team made the playoffs and got knocked out pretty quickly. Um, I'm looking at this year's current Philly team and hoping they make the playoffs and go on an extended run, but maybe they won't. What happened uh, when you made the playoffs and got knocked out quickly, and then, of course, next year won the World Series? Do you think, or how do you think, going to the playoffs the first time, even just for a quick exit, how did that benefit the team?
4: I think it. What uh, I think it. Once we got there and we we got eliminated in three games, I think it. Uh, I think at, actually, and that. Uh, uh earlier right there we' you know, like we started when I first started managing here, and you know, it seemed like we kept improving, and that that's because that we kept adding uh, talent to our team and and uh and then when uh we got knocked out in Colorado, I feel like that that was that was probably the lowest mark on on our team after that game as far as uh disappointment and uh it was real quiet all the way home. nobody said nothing. And, uh, I think that, uh, in some ways, you know, like that inspired us even more because when we got to spring training the following uh, season and, uh, I got up to talk, you could tell there was more, more, uh, uh, energy and fight and everything like that in a room. And, you know, like, and I didn't have to say a whole lot of, you know, like our guys was ready and wanting to play. And, uh, you know, like they, I also I feel like that they felt like they let, let the fans down, you know, like it. Uh, that was one of the most depressing uh, losses, you know, like I uh, that we had there. I think, and, and that inspired us the next year. And I know it did,
5: Charlie. When you think back to 2008, then um, you know the Phillies hadn't won a World Series since 1980. I think it took at least some of the fans a long time to really give themselves to the team and think, okay, this team really can win a World Championship. It's capable of it. Was there a moment in 2008, either during the regular season or in those playoffs, where you knew in your head and in your heart, wow, this is a team that not only can win a championship, that is, but is it's got that thing that makes you think, we are going to win a championship?
4: I totally agree with that thing that we're going to win a championship. Because, of, uh, you know, like, in 208, you know, like, uh, it seemed like we should. It was wasn't hard for us to stay focused every day because, and that we love we love to play baseball and we love to play in front of our fans and uh, I think our team liked the attention it got from our fans and everything like that and 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 of course our game you know how we played you know like we 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 had a big offense and we you know like we could manufacture runs in about any. Uh, uh, like power, speed, any any way you want to put it, and that was that was a, a tremendous, talented team. But the fans also fell in love with the, with our team, and we had to gain that uh, love and respect. And uh, and actually, you know, like I, in two oh eight, I never, I never, I there wasn't a point I didn't think that we was not going to win. Mm-hmm. Believe me. Yeah. Well, and it came to be.
3: Your strength. We're talking to Charlie Man, Charlie Manuel, who's got uh, doing some terrific work uh, with a retro, vintage-inspired T-shirt company, and we'll explain a little bit more of that coming up again. But Charlie, my interpretation of of your strength was always that you had this ability to keep a clubhouse together year after year. High salaries, big egos. They all respected you. You communicated. You had humor. Rob Thompson is a different kind of cat. He's like just really calm and quiet, but it seems I am going to give you my interpretation and ask uh, how you feel about it. That he is a guy who, by presenting his calm, kind of keeps it over that clubhouse, and that is his strength. I guess I am really asking you for your your take right now on what Rob Thompson is bringing.
4: I think it is. Uh, you know, uh, uh, first of all, I am I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I am glad that Robbie Thompson, you know, like uh, you know, like uh, got, got a chance to manage in the major leagues. And I think that, uh, I, I've always liked talking to him. He's a communicator. And I think that, uh, what we were talking about, we we're talking about a guy. He's kind of got a, uh, kind of a low demeanor to him, but he's got a communication skills. And he's always had that, especially ever since he's been in the major leagues, because to me, like, uh, he's always worked for, uh, teams that needed a buffer in the middle. And he was always that buffer. And, and he was the guy that walks around after the game. In the locker room, and he sees who's up, who's high, who's down, or and or here's problems that somebody's having, or what's going on. And I think that uh, uh, he—that's who he is. And you know, like uh, he—he has a good way of uh, getting to people, and uh, he gives them—he lets them talk, and also gives them a lot of attention too. So you know, like, and he—he's definitely uh, did a tremendous job, and I'm very happy for it. Really.
5: So, Charlie, you had. You know, in the in the prime years of your managing time here in Philadelphia, you had a huge power hitter, a masher in the middle of the lineup in Ryan Howard, and you would bat him right. fourth pretty much every night. Right. Kyle Schwarber has forty home runs and as a leadoff hitter. I'm curious as to your thoughts about putting a guy like Schwarber in the leadoff spot and keeping him there.
4: Well, you know, I think that uh, you know, you know, uh, I always thought, you know, like when when Ryan Howard, when I had him, you know, like. Uh, I told Pat Merrill when he first uh, uh, when I first told him that he was my left fielder when I when I first started managing here, you know, at, uh, you know, like he was a regular left fielder, and uh, I said with well, just one problem I got, I said uh, you're uh, you're not going to be hitting fourth. I said I got a guy to hit fourth, and that's Ryan Howard because he's going to hit 50 homers, and uh, that's a true story. And I look at I look at Swarbs really, you know, like uh, when he. If, uh, and one thing is the season's gone on, you know, like, I, to me, it, in my managing style, stuff like that, I'm not saying, uh, uh I would probably hit Swarbs in the middle of the lineup somewhere, like, fourth, third, fourth, probably fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in that. But at the same time, too, on a leadoff hole, I think when I look at his production and everything like that, I'm not going to be disappointed about it. I'm not going to comment on it that it's right or wrong in no way, because if you look at his run scored and his, and his reviews and the, uh, the uh, the fact that he is uh, you know like uh, ha- has has a good number like the number of uh, RBIs and runs that he's uh, scored and things like that uh, I would say that they could re- could relate to about it, uh, any top three or four position in a lineup really and uh, and so therefore I on this team I look at him you know like uh, you know like I'll give that a uh, uh, to the uh, uh, Phillies, you know, like for putting him in the leadoff hole. Mm-hmm. Me, I like. I've always liked uh, a, a, you know, kind of a, a get the game going with with the energy, life, and fire. And I've always liked the, the speed of a guy running and things like that. And like a Kirby Puckett or or uh, Ricky Henderson or a Kenny Lofton, things Tim things Raines, like baby. Yep, or yeah. or a Jimmy, Jimmy Rollins. Tim right, yeah. right, exactly. Yep. guys like that. But at the same time, too. Baseball's changing, and, you know, like, and whether you, uh, uh, like it or not, if you, if you're gonna love baseball, you have gotta, uh, uh, you know, like, kind of change with it, I guess. And, uh, you know, like, and I think actually, uh, he's produced in the leadoff hole. If, when you look at his stats, if that tells the story, well, then he's produced that. Charlie, Could one I more. Made one... it any different? <laughs> no, I, hey,
3: I hear you. One more for me. Uh, you are the hitting guru, and uh, I, I don't know that I can ask you to solve Bryce Harper's issues right now. But he's three for thirty-one, three for his last thirty-one. No homers, two RBIs. All all great hitters get in slumps, um, right? I, I don't know that. I mean, if you can't tell us that's great, his elbow's too high, whatever. But right. when you're when you're a manager, when you're a hitting coach, and you have a guy going through something like that, what do you tell him? If right. you tell him anything.
4: Yeah, I've been around. i on days, um, I Definitely, you know, like I, I've seen a lot of hitters, and I've been a, uh, around a long time. And uh, when uh, I, I followed Harp when he came back, when he went down to Triple uh, A, I kept my iPad on because I could pick up games up on it. And uh, you know, he was down there a couple of days, and he and he and he just come right out hitting. But then, you know, like once that he comes back, you know, like uh, I, I've always thought it takes you takes you a while. And, uh, and and the reason is you know like I remember when Jimmy Rollins had come out of spring train, he was with this spring train, he goes and hits in the World Baseball Association and he got some hits. I think he was, you know like he'd come back he had he was like seven for sixteen or eight for 18 or something like that. and he told me he says, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to play and things like that. and you know like he still needed some time, you know like whether he just came back and had a big day, a uh, day or two from now, you know, like in our three days, four days would tell if he's ready. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I I think that Harper's just going through, a, you know, like he just needs to see the ball some more and, you know, like get, start getting his bat on the ball and making solid contact. And it might happen today. It might happen tomorrow. But uh, but I do think it's going to happen within the next week or so. Uh, I, I'd, I would say at least sometime along the next four or five days, he's going to start uh, getting some hits and, and getting his swing back. Right now, he, he's struggling to find his timing.
5: Last one for me, Charlie, and we'll stick with the hitting theme. I think a lot of people look at Bryson Stott this season, and his numbers aren't great. His OPS is about 640 or so. Uh, he's hitting only 230. But it feels like, number one, those when he's gotten hits, they've been impactful hits. And number two, the people look at him and can say, boy, that kid's got a future. You can see he will become a very good hitter. What do you see when you look at Bryson Stott?
4: I, uh, I think the same thing that, that you just said. I think, if, uh, Bison's gonna be a good, uh, I think he's gonna be a, uh, kind of a high average hitter in today's market. And, and also I think that he's in, that he's gonna hit 20, 25 home runs. And I think that, uh, uh, what's really I've been surprised with is how good he's played defense. I know he made a couple errors the other night, but before that, you know, like he almost had a clean slate. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he, he loves to play. He's got a, Tremendous demeanor about the game. He don't get too high or too low, and he just comes every day, and you like, and, uh, he, uh, he works on playing baseball. And uh, I think the kid's got a really bright feature. Yeah.
3: All right. Uh, Mike Silski, tell us about Charlie's uh, involvement. So one last time, if you're
5: interested in meeting Charlie, getting a few of his T-shirts on this new T-shirt line he's got going on, which is going to benefit RIP Medical Debt, come to the Monkey's Uncle T-shirt shop in Doylestown on Wednesday... October 5th, from 7 o'clock to 8.30. Charlie will greet fans. He will sign autographs. He will take photos. It's free to the public. And the first 50 people who pre-order a shirt through Monkey's Uncle will be guaranteed a spot among the first people to meet Charlie that night. There you go.
3: Does this mean you're going to stop wearing those Hawaiian shirts, Charlie?
4: No, I never stop wearing those. <laughs> All right, hey, listen, hey, guys. Listen, they, they, they kind of cover my stomach, so I, I gotta keep wearing those. Uh,
3: hey, <laughs> trust me, I, I I'm there, pal. Uh, Charlie, it, it is always a pleasure. I mean, I think back to when we used to do the show back at Ponzios, and just how engaging you were, and how great you were with people. And it's it's always yeah. a pleasure to talk to
4: you. Oh, it is. have always been. But so thank you. All right, no. be well. Yeah. All right.
3: Thank See you soon. There you go.
5: He's the best. He's yeah. the best. Just a, a quick story I want to relate um, about Charlie. If you remember, in 2006, when Charlie's second season managing the Phillies, he and Dallas Green had a very public yeah. back and forth. Dallas yeah. ripped him on WIP, and the next day at the ballpark, you know, he sought out Charlie, and Charlie was angry, and they had kind of a bit of a confrontation. And as a prelude to that, the night that they clinched the division— in 2008, against the Nationals. Mm-hmm. If you remember that great double play that yeah, rollins to had? Yeah, have. yeah, yeah. So, as the celebration was taking place on the field amongst the players, Charlie was back in his manager's office, sitting behind his desk. And writers were coming in and out of, that, of the, the office that night to talk to Charlie. And he was watching the celebration on this giant screen TV he had on the wall. Mm-hmm. And on his desk, on opposite corners of the desk, were bottles of V.O., Okay, he was gonna <laughs> drink to celebrate. Uh, he's and, living large. Yeah, so while in the office, his phone rings, and I'm standing there with him, and he answers the phone, and says, "Hello, what's up, Dallas?" And he starts talking to Dallas Green, and Dallas is calling to congratulate him, and it just, to me, it spoke to the kind of person Charlie was that you could have that public uh, dispute with somebody. The only other manager to win a World Series in Philly's history. And then within two years, they were really good friends and got along so well. And I think that speaks to the human being that Charlie Manuel uh,
3: is. He's a big man, uh, and as was Dallas. Yeah. Two of my favorites. Le- really enjoyed both of those guys. Uh, let me get... Uh, this we got to lower... It. People don't know this, but this is the time of day when the backlight from the sun behind me just puts... I can't see the screen. I'm going to cl- close. I'm going to go to Matt in New Holland. And I'm going to let you talk to him, Mike, while sure. I go close the window. Hi, Matt.
6: Hey, how are you doing this morning, Mike? Doing great. Good, good. Hey, uh, good show you guys have here. Uh, appreciate you, and you're doing a great job uh, taking over for Ray there.
5: I appreciate that very much. Thanks.
6: Yeah, I just wanted to call in and, you know, talk a little bit about what I've been hearing this week from fans. Um, you know, a lot of people are not all in on the sales and... Um, i got to be honest with you, I'm excited. I mean, it's been 11 years. I, I, I'm at the point where I don't care how they get there. Mm-hmm. I'm confident they're going to get there, and I'm fired up for postseason baseball. And as far as the Eagles um, and this weekend, I am. I think they're going to go down there and win the game, and I think they're going to give Wentz a lot of trouble. And, you know, I don't quite understand the whole thing of people, you know, not agreeing with Boo and him. I mean, If you're a fan, you have that right, (laughs) you know, and I just think he let everybody down in the city and never really completely addressed the fans. I think he's starting
3: to – you got it, Matt. Go Birds. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I think he he started to address it a little week, a little bit this week. Um, I
5: think after what's happened with him over the last couple of years, he has to start doing yeah. a little bit of soul searching. It, yeah. it, it didn't a little just,
3: introspection. Yeah,
5: it didn't just go bad here. It went bad in Indianapolis, too.
3: Yeah, boy, they couldn't get rid of him fast enough. No. And they took a lot less than they paid the Eagles, too. Yeah. And,
5: you know, look at the franchise he ended up with. It's not as <laughs> if... You know, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots took a chance on him. It's
3: Washington and Dan Snyder. It's not exactly a marquee franchise. All right, let me go to our next caller because I have the feeling I'm going to be running into you in a wedding next month, aren't I, Mitch?
6: Yeah, well, November, yeah.
7: Oh, November, November,
3: excuse me. Yeah, Yeah. but I'm telling you, I got that invitation, and I thought, who schedules a wedding during the Eagles game?
6: Yeah.
3: It's Uh, Now, here's my question. This is your niece, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. If there was an Eagles game that day, Mitchell... Yeah. Would you go to the wedding, or would you
6: watch the Eagles? Oh, come on. The wedding, is no break. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I miss all it. the games anyway. Like, tomorrow, I'll be here. At one o- I hate 1 o'clock games, guys. Mitch runs
3: the hardware store. Mm-hmm. Cone, and, yeah. Cone and Company? Cone Brother? What's it? McCone what?
6: Cohen and Company. Cohen
3: and Company. Right there you go. Yeah. Down, right off South Street. Yes. Yeah. So what's on your um, mind with the Eagles?
6: You know, why am I not afraid that, you know, Hertz is running, but unlike any of our other quarterbacks, I would cringe I'm okay with him running and he just makes it look so effortless and he's in fantastic shape. Did you guys see that um that video of him like squatting six hundred yes. pounds?
5: Yes. Back My in God. high school or college. Yeah. He's yeah. He is he is his lower body is very, oh. very strong. Yeah. Um and it and it, it's one of those not, not his strength, but to your point, Mitch, the way that he runs to me is one of the things that really differentiates him. From whence, when whence left the pocket and started to yeah. scramble, there was this kind of wild abandon to him, wh- where it almost seemed like he forgot that NFL defenders are every bit yeah. as big and yeah. fast and strong as he is. Hertz seems very much to be like, "Hey, I'm going to take the yardage that a team gives me. I will slide yeah. when I need to slide, but I will run through a tackle if I can."
6: I mean, hopefully, but we get more Ws. He's not, you know. Then you know, when you get deep into the season. Yeah, maybe you want him to run a little less, guys. But you know, but uh,
3: ideally you want. And thanks, Mitch. And I'll see you at the wedding, thanks, pal. I'll see you soon. All right, uh, you want him to run less, but as you said at the start of the show, it is a very effective tool. Since we just talked to the hardware store, already, yeah, <laughs> a very effective tool that he has. You have the opportunity this year to really win. I mean, I was watching the Bills week one, right, mm-hmm. and they're up whatever, 15, 18 points in the fourth quarter, and Josh Allen's still running the ball. I'm thinking, what are you, crazy? But that's what you got. Yeah, and the the good comparison with a guy like Josh
5: Allen and a guy like Hertz is, what you've seen from Allen the first couple of weeks is, boy, he's playing at such a high level, throwing the ball and not having to run. But opposing defenses know that he can if he needs to. And that's where you want to get to with Hertz yep. is if he stays in the pocket and makes plays, that's ideal. And what's even better is if something's gone wrong, he can escape the pocket or he can run on a designed run and push and test the defense that way.
3: Two on five, five nine two, ninety four ninety four. Coming up what we're watching. I think Mike is gonna warn everybody off of a show. And I'll tell you the funniest thing I saw this week. All right, what well, we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Receive 20% off all windows and doors with no money down, up to three years to pay it off interest-free. Call Guided Door and Window today at one eight seven seven 877 go or visit them at goguida.com. All right, a lot to talk about today on what we're watching. We will start, Mike Sielski, with a show, a highly touted big-time show that you have invested time in, and I get a sense you're not in love with it. I am not in
5: love with it. Uh, as we've talked about before, Glenn, I am a true crime junkie. Yeah, I love stories. You know, murder, serial killers. You mm-hmm. know, documentaries. You know, dramatizations, all that kind of stuff. So I was eagerly looking forward to Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. Yeah, uh, you know, just it's a ten-part series. I thought this is right up my alley. And man, I've watched two or three episodes and I am disappointed in it really? so far. Really? Really? Yes. Three main things, three main reasons for my disappointment. Now, number one, it's got a terrific cast, okay? There's a lot of recognizable names. Uh, Evan Peters is playing Jeffrey Dahmer. And if you were a fan of Mayor of Easttown, you yeah. know who Evan Peters is. He won the Emmy for his role in Oh, Russia. yeah, yeah. So it you was got, great. Yeah, you got Evan Peters. You've got... Richard Jenkins, who yeah, is a well-known actor. actor, exactly. Yeah. Penelope Ann Miller is in it. Uh, Nicey Nash, who was on Claws, and she's been in a lot of TV stuff, and you would one of those actresses who's really commands the screen. And you know her if you saw her. So terrific cast, and I was really optimistic. Here's the problem with it. Number one, slow. The pacing mm. is so slow. Mm. It, it feels like they took a five-part series and stretched it out to ten. Number two. Jeffrey Dahmer's crimes—I'm and I'm not going to get into them. We, we—if you're from—if you know the name, you know what he mm. did. They are so unsettling, and the presentation of them in the series is so unsettling that it's not enjoyable to
3: watch. Is, uh, is it the the c word? Yeah, really? some of that and uh, some
5: other things. It's just a really hard, uncomfortable yeah, my wife, watch.
3: I, I w- um, you're saving me because I was thinking of watching this, and my wife looked at the theme and the topics and said, like, I'm not watching. No. That, so. And
5: and and then the third big thing for me was they make a mistake that this is being produced by a guy named Ryan Murphy, who's a big time producer in Hollywood of uh, TV series and movies. He did Glee. He did Nip Tuck. More recently, he did uh, Ratcheted, which is the whole thing about Nurse Ratched from one through, a, yeah, through yeah, the yeah. cuckoo's nest, right. blah, blah, blah. He screws up right at the start because the first episode of the series is Jeffrey Dahmer getting caught. It is the incident that leads to him actually getting arrested. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it takes all the drama, or at least a lot of the drama, out of the series right away. There's no build-up to the bad guy getting caught. Uh It happens right off the top, and then you're left with him kind of, Murphy kind of hitting you over the head with, he was able to get away with this for so long because his victims were black, and he was white, and police weren't skeptical enough, which is completely a reasonable, good message to convey. Mm -hmm. But the show's not entertaining anymore in the way it's presenting it. So I give it two stars out of four. I'm really disappointed.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that's too bad. Okay. So you're warning people away from something, which is part of what we do. Um, You weren't with me when I did um, what we're watching last week because it on Sunday with Jody. And he and I are watching the same show. And I'm just going to tell people who weren't listening then, this is one of my favorite new shows of the year called Bad Sisters on Mm -hmm. Apple TV. If you're a crime fan, you will really like this show. I I don't know if it's true crime, but it's a uh, 10-part Irish series about, there's five sisters, and one of them is married to the world's most horrible guy. (laughs) He belittles her. He cheats on her. He... At one point, he steals the daughter's uh, communion money. I mean, Oh, he's just, man. Oh, yeah. And Real winner. He, oh, and he tries to put one of the other sisters out of business. He's terrible. And so the four sisters decide, we got to kill him. Wow. To save our own sister, we got to kill this guy. Um, now, it's interesting because you said in the Dahmer thing, them catching with the in the very beginning takes away part of the drama. The very first scene in this show is the guy's dad. Okay. But you're not really sure who killed him or how he got killed or was he killed naturally or whatever. And it leads up to that. I love this show. Bad Sisters. Now, here's the deal. It's on Apple TV. And sometimes if I recommend something on a streaming service, people say, well, I don't get Apple. It's going to cost me a lot of money. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. Subscribe to Apple for a month, whatever, right? I'm sure they have intro deals. Subscribe to Apple TV. Here are shows on Apple TV I have watched this year all of which I highly recommend, so just binge these five shows, and then you can get out, and you get your money worth seven bucks. Whatever it costs you for a month, watch all these shows. Watch Bad Sisters. Watch Severance, which was on earlier this year. Do you watch that? I thing? don't, but I've heard great things okay, about it. Okay, it's a great show. Watch Slow Horses, British cop show.
5: Oh. Slow Horses. Okay. You got the tooth. My, my wife loves
3: British TV, and yes. I love cop crime okay. TV. Okay. Watch Blackbird, True Crime Story. Here we go. On okay. Apple TV. Blackbird is a true crime story. Huh. Sounds great. I'm on in. Apple I'm TV. In. And watch The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray with Samuel L. Jackson. Who never heard of him? Who does a great job on that show. So I'm going to say him one more time. All right? W- write it down. If you're at a keyboard, type this down. Bad Sisters, Slow Horses, Severance, Blackbird, Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. Five great shows on Apple TV, all new this year. All of them, you know, five, six, ten episodes. You can binge when you're not watching football or the Phillies. You can thank me later. And, of course, Ted Lasso. It's
2: not
6: new. Oh, Oh, and Ted Lasso. You can always watch Ted Lasso. Shame
3: on me. Yes, Ted Lasso. If you you don't get Apple TV, you've missed Ted Lasso. Honestly, Mosh,
5: like once a week. I fire up Apple TV and go back and watch an, a random episode of Ted Lasso just because that show brings me so much joy. It's yeah, so you
2: good. know, the, the pro- scene I've probably rewatched the most is uh, the darts scene. I yes. won't say any more than that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Moment. Okay, all great. Now, um, one other thing. I started watching, speaking of Ted Lasso, I'm not a soccer fan. Me neither. I right? Not, I regard know. soccer as a communist conspiracy. Okay. Good. I'll let you say that these days. I, that, that was Mike Sielski, at Mike Sielski, <laughs> on Twitter, so I'm not getting the, the it's blowback. A, it's, a, it's a plan to inculcate
5: the youth of America with the distorted values of collectivism wow. and
3: flopping. There. You, there, there <laughs> next, we'll be doing the metrics. union are the best yes. team in the MLS. Okay, all right. Enough with the soccer talk, for God's sake. So, but here's the thing. I started just yesterday uh, watching a show on Hulu. Called uh, "Welcome to Wrexham," which I think I'm going to really like. Mm. Which is about Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds. It's, it's a documentary. Docu- mm. uh, buying, I guess the worst soccer team in Wales. <laughs> that's you know through relegation they dropped, and this right. is like at the bottom, and their dream to build it up. And I think it's going to be a great show. Oh, so okay. I'm not ready to review it, but I'm 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 early into it. One more thing, the best thing I watched this week. It mm. was about 15 minutes long. It's on <laughs> ESPN+. Plus. They're playing it all over the place. You can find it, I'm sure, on social media. Uh, Eli's Place. Eli. Man- Who knew Eli Manning was entertaining? I thought Eli, like, and, and Peyton I used to think was, like, dull. Peyton's great on TV. Eli's like a funny guy. The, you know, my father
5: loves the commercials, that the Mannings do with J.B. Smooth for whatever... The, is oh, the God, thing? I hate
3: it. It's a betting thing. He, uh, he I can't. thinks I, they're I, hilarious. I like, like J.B. Smooth, but I don't like the commercial. But great. Okay, so he likes those. So Eli Manning did a thing on Eli's Place where he put on... He, he dressed up. He disguised himself, mm-hmm. right? Put on a wig, put on a false face, did the whole thing. Prosthetics, the whole Prosthetics, mind, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, really well done. Great movie makeup. And went to a Penn State... Tryout, mm-hmm. open tryout that James Franklin held. Yep. As Chad Powers, a 26 year old <laughs> homeschooled student who hadn't played football in four years or eight years, whatever, having been coached by his wife, and tried out for Penn State. And of course, everybody else is looking at him like, who's this old guy, like, you know, looking like an idiot. Yeah. And, and then he throws. Yeah. Then the ball leaves his hand and it's like,
5: whoa, Chad Powers can spin it. Oh my gosh. It was hysterical. It, it, was, it is. Honestly, Glenn, I watched it too, and I thought the, the funniest Manning-related thing I'd ever seen was the Peyton Manning United Way skit from Saturday oh, Night Live great. after, the after they won the, the Super Bowl the first time. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, that was great. You know, uh, what is it? Take care of your kids so Peyton Manning doesn't have to or something like that. Right. Um, but the, the Eli thing this week was absolutely hilarious, and he is so dry in it and so funny, funny in it. Yeah. It's
3: amazing. Where, where can I get some bubble tea? <laughs> yeah, he just he's really quick. I never knew. Yeah. So watch that. All right, John in Washington Township is with us. Hello, John.
8: Hey guys, how you doing? I just want to say uh, I think you're dead wrong with that scoring on the Dahmer series.
5: Oh,
3: okay.
8: Uh, I mean, I've read and seen and listened to every podcast on uh like every serial killer and it's just absolutely fascinating to me. The story is really about kind of the build-up and the makeup of the monster that he is and how he became what he is. The ending is just it's not necessarily the culmination. The culmination is, is, is how he got to where he is. So if you continue to watch it, you'll can see that each episode flashes back, and it like has points in time in his life where it's a tipping point for him to become who he is. So it gets, it gets much, much better. The first episode is super intense, and then it takes a bit of a turn after that, but it gets much better. I promise okay. you that.
5: All right. I, All right I will, thank I will, you,
3: John. Thanks, John. I'll open my mind to that possibility. All right. Robert in Washington Township. Not sure if he's got the same thoughts. Hello, Robert.
5: How are you guys doing today? All right. Great, Robert. Good. I'm uh, going to the
3: game
8: tonight. Uh, nice. The Phillies. I'm looking nice. forward to that 4 Good. o'clock. Uh, got a jacket, of course. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need it. Hey, uh, Glenn, I was thinking, you know, not talking about sports, but did uh, you reviewed the the show Elvis?
3: No, the movie. The no, I, the Tom I Hanks, I have not yet watched it, and I want to. Yeah, tell oh, me. Oh, my my gosh, Tom Hanks plays Colonel Parker. And, you know, I didn't know that side of the story about Colonel Parker. And, oh, you yeah. know, I
8: know he was in court and stuff, but it gives a different perspective of Elvis, you know, with his relationship. It's more around his relationship with Colonel Parker. Mm-hmm. Very good. The kid the kid that plays Elvis, I swear there's scenes where he turns certain ways where, I mean, he just he's, God, he looks so close to him. It's It's amazing.
3: Um, so my question is, do we know if that's on TV yet? It's so funny. Yes. I've done everything since we're back. I don't want to say the pandemic so but since we're back right. I go to restaurants mm-hmm. I go to bars I go. To, I have not been to a movie theater really no I've uh, not since pre- the pandemic one of, that was
5: one of the highlights of the, the year games no I uh, my family went to see Top Gun Maverick and yeah, had got, a blast kids yes right. and right. it was a blast
3: alright Robert if it's, one if other it's on quick TV one, one watch for you it. though yeah go ahead have
8: quick one for you dog if you had a chance Channing Tatum it's he's like a, a, a war vet that's taking a dog back to a fallen comrade that was his dog in the war finds out he's got all these stressful things ends up the dog is his going through stress and between the two of them they're both so stressed and all this stuff They're going through all this but they kind of they help each other it's, you gotta oh, see it It sounds like a explain. great story okay it's a great story it really is it's about you know a rock veteran you know kind of thing
3: yeah uh i appreciate the recommendations enjoy your phillies today have a great time thanks for the call thanks robert Thank you guys there you go thank you nice i like that yeah sounds like a very good premise for a
2: movie i, I did see elvis and uh the kid who plays elvis is fantastic like, okay. I, I hadn't seen him in anything else before. It's amazing. And he can sing? He can sing. He can dance. He's got the voice down. Just, you know, just
3: talking, I mean. Yeah. Fantastic. Elvis is a tough one to do because everybody knows Elvis. Right. Even, I mean, most. You're how old? Yeah. I'm right. I'm 29. and, right. and I yeah. yeah Elvis. Thank you, thank El- you very much. Right, yeah. yeah Elvis passed away in 77, I believe, 76. Right, so we're going back a yeah.
5: lot Yeah, and of the years. and the and the other side of that too is Tom Hanks is so recognizable that having him play a role in a famous person's biography, yeah. is a little tough.
3: Yeah, sometimes but he's too. so good.
2: He, oh, he's ro- right. He he's rocks red. the fat suit well.
6: Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks is 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 I would say. Uh, and I'm doing this off the top of my head. The most popular actor of the last 30 years. Do you want
5: to hear my Tom Hanks theory? Yeah, sure. My my theory about Tom Hanks is that generally, with the exception of Forrest Gump, the reason people find him so appealing is because in whatever role he's playing, they see him as Tom Hanks' nice guy yeah. as opposed to the character he's playing. So, mm. you know, uh, Apollo 13 is... We got to get Tom. Tom Hanks is lost in space, and we got to get Tom <laughs> Hanks home. Castaway is. We can't have Tom Hanks stranded on a deserted island. We have to get him back to civilization. Oh. <laughs> um, There's you
3: know, some
2: people that didn't take the pandemic seriously until Tom Hanks got COVID. Oh, that's COVID. true. This, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> this right. is what I'm saying. His
5: wife Rita Wilson. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know Philadelphia. You know it's so sad because Tom Hanks is dying of AIDS. So that's an interesting
3: theory that I cannot uh, argue with, uh, because part of it is. Nobody dislikes Tom Hanks. Exactly.
5: Right? You can't see Tom... What movies has he played a bad guy in? Like The Circle, I think, which wasn't very good. Well,
2: he he plays the villain very well in Elvis. Oh, okay. You do not oh, yeah. root
5: okay. for Tom Hanks in Elvis. Interesting. That that That's anti-American to not root for Tom Hanks.
3: Two on 94, 94. Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack. Now, we may actually have a little flyers talk in the next set. What? Segment. Watch. Yeah. Who? Don't tell. Uh, okay. Mike and Glenn on 94. 90, uh, WIP... Broussard
2: centering Ellis, he Two newcomers team up. Ellis is first as a flyer, makes it four nothing Philadelphia.
3: Oh, we thought there would be so much more. There's was Ryan Ellis. At the, <laughs> what he played three games at Something the start like of that. last season looked really good, and then got hurt, and things have gotten worse. Our pal from Cooper Bone and Joint Doctor David Gelt joins us now, Doc. How is your? Uh, how are you doing on this chilly weekend? Uh, Pretty good, not too bad. Happy New Year, by the way. Well, you're doing, thank you. You're doing, Happy New Year to you, Doc. Uh, My best to you and your family. Um, So, uh, yeah, not good times for Ryan Ellis, Uh, as we said. He missed last year, and now it appears that he has re-injured himself in a worse way. I want to read you, this is uh, Frank Saravalli, who covers hockey nationally, used to work here. He wrote, "Ellis's injury is devastating, so he's got a torn psoas muscle. So little is known about the psoas muscle, and given its location, it is largely inaccessible to surgical repair. His hip and hip adductors are also ailing. This could be a career-threatening injury. Um, torn psoas, hip adductor, uh, the hip injury, I'm not exactly clear what it is, but they are saying potentially uh, uh, career-ending. Doc, what can you tell us about the psoas?
9: Yeah, so you know, so has injury or so as tear. It's pretty, it's pretty rare. You don't see it much, but it's a, basically it's a long muscle that starts in the back, and then it's really more. It's a really powerful hip flexor muscle. So especially for hockey players, it's something that you really need. And then the adductor muscles, that's your inner groin muscles. So again, also with hockey, that's something that you really use when you push off and skate. So when it's a, when you have a big tear there, it's difficult to. You don't really go back and put that back together. A lot of times you have to let it just try to scar back down, and then you do a big rehab program, work on your hip flexors, your core, um, and just hopefully get it back. But it sounds like you did okay, and then you had a setback, and then you just yeah. re-injured it again, and it's it's a shame.
5: And the hits just keep coming for the Flyers, Doctor, because they revealed this week that Sean Couturier... Has a herniated disc in his back, um, th- they are insisting that he's not necessarily out for the season, but it sure doesn't sound good. Um, what's your perspective on a herniated disc and, again, the importance uh, of that kind of injury to a hockey player in particular?
3: By the way, I just—I think it's L4, L5, yes. which coincidentally is the one that I herniated two years ago. So, You're not going to be playing for the Flyers either I'm not this playing season. for the Flyers, correct.
9: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, with disc issues are uh, uh, difficult. The, the biggest thing is if it pushes up on a nerve, then you get this uh, pain going down the leg. You get numbness and tingling. Sometimes you get weakness, and it can be pretty debilitating. Um, a lot of times it can, depending on uh If it's really just completely inflamed, you can try to settle it down. Sometimes there's therapy. Sometimes you do injections into that area, like an epidural shot with a steroid, um, to try to decrease that inflammation so it doesn't push up on the nerve. And as long as it's not pushing up on the nerve, and it's not causing pain, you can keep going back and, you know, you can almost get sucked back in and you can do okay. Being as young, too, it can help a little bit if he doesn't have any degenerative changes or, you know, wear and tear of that back, too. So hopefully, uh, you know, if it does settle down with, you know, proper treatment and other modalities and maybe injection or something, you can do okay before thinking about any surgery.
3: But are we talking weeks, months? How long is realistic?
9: Uh, I mean, it really depends, uh, you know, once that inflammation settles down, if he's not having any of that pain going down the leg, what they call ridicular pain, then mm-hmm. you can start going back and improving and start going along with, you know, four to six weeks if you're doing okay. But we'll we'll see how he does. All right.
3: Dr. Gell, it's always a pleasure. How are you feeling about the Eagles this weekend?
9: I like them. I mean, uh, from last week, uh, hopefully they can keep moving forward. It would be nice to... Uh, to Play against Wentz and uh, with the victory, He's but um, him
3: hedging his bat. the doc is not making a pick. The doc yep. is the the doc is giving you. Well, I haven't seen the X-rays. He's giving you that with the Eagles. <laughs> Come on,
5: are you asking me yeah. as a citizen, or do you want my clinical opinion? <laughs> yeah,
3: but I, I think
9: I think they will have a, definitely have a W for sure.
3: There you go. That's cool. what we need, Doctor Gel. And again, happy New Year to you and your family. And it's always a pleasure. You too, guys. All right, have a good one. All right, be Thanks, well. Doc. There you go. All right. Speaking of the Flyers. Uh, they began training camp with, like, four people watching. But the thing I want to – John Tortorell wrote a note to season ticket holders the other day. Mm-hmm. I want to read it to you and get your sense of what you think of this, all right? Uh, I want to start off by thanking you. It's your passion, loyalty, and strong voices. Flyer fans that, have, uh, that I've always admired made me jump at the chance to coach this team in this city. You've heard me spend most of the summer talking about how exciting this year will be and how and why. Now you're about to witness it as we enter our first training camp. Full transparency. I want to tell you exactly what you will see from our group on day one. I'm not here to talk about last season or past performances. Frankly, that doesn't matter to me. What matters is the opportunity in front of us. If it is a chance to earn jobs, earn playing time, build toward creating a high standard for the players who put on that jersey to earn a place in our locker room. I can't promise you this will happen overnight, but I can promise you this. It will be a hard camp. And what will come out of it is a team that will make you proud. Every single player will be tough to play against and, above all, give an honest effort. If they don't, you won't see that player very much. That and that alone will be the driving force to our success and define our 2022-23 uh, season. He goes on, but well, I read it and asked your opinion. What's your opinion? My opinion is that
5: doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I wrote after the Flyers hired Tortorella. Uh, that they were going to be hard to play against and even harder to watch uh, because there isn't a lot of top-end talent on this team. And I would say that my one fear with respect to Tortorella as the head coach is the very thing that he is going to do well and does best as a coach puts the Flyers' future in a little bit of peril because he is going to get this team to play hard every single night. Yeah. Every single night, yes, and they which may, we didn't have. They were easy to play against last right. year, right? And they may win some games oh, or exceed oh, expectations oh. in a way that is not going to be advantageous to them. Uh, you want tight there? You, yeah. I want Connor. If I'm a Flyers fan, yeah. I want Connor Bedard, yep. who is going to be the first overall pick in next year's draft, yeah. has a chance to be a transformational player, and in today's NHL, you need transformational so you're, players. You're about
3: the tank. You're about to tank. Just the, say it. The say fri- the word tank. I, Mike Sielski, support a tank. Say it.
5: For the Flyers, I, Mike Sielski, think they should be tanking. Yes. Mm. They should be worse than they're going to try to be. They and won't I don't have
3: blame... to try very hard to tank, though. Well, no. There are teams that could be worse. There are that's teams the that thing. could
5: be worse. and, and
3: They're look, only I like the fifth or sixth And worst I don't blame
5: Tortorella at all. He His job, in, in some ways, it's going to be helpful because it's you're going to find out who can hang with Torts, who can mm-hmm. put up with what he's going to put them through, and that's good. Problem is, it may t- lead to them getting
3: the second or third pick in the draft instead of the first pick, and in the long term, that's going to hurt. All right, one thing I just got to mention before we go to break, because eight minutes from now, at Parks Race Track, uh, in the first race, Didinger is running. Whoa! There is a horse named Diddinger. We have covered him before. He actually is pretty good. He's owned by Chuck Zachney, mm-hmm. who owns pretty good horse around this yeah. town. And I just got a note from Jody McDonald, who knows these things, who said, I think he can win. Wow. So we don't often make uh, horse racing uh, bet tips, but Jody does. And Jody knows what he's talking about. Dittinger, in the first, at Parks, goes off at 12.05. Although I don't think Ray would condone
5: had a bet on him. <laughs> interesting, uh, interesting uh, tid- no, Interesting tidbit about Dittinger the horse, his saddle is made of a mixture of khaki <laughs> pants
3: and yellow legal pads. <laughs> yeah, somebody put uh yesterday that he 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 might lose because he weighed down by all those yellow legal pads. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, Todd and Aaron, do me a favor. Stick around. We'll take a break. We'll get you guys coming right up. Everybody else wants to join. We'll get some phone calls. We got a prize today, $50 gift card to Scheib Sports for the best phone call of the day. Actually, we'll do our Scheib Sports feature. Then we'll take your phone calls. Then you can win the gift card. 215-592-9494. Mike Sielski Glenn Mac now on 94 WIP
1: We really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s And each line is only $25 a month New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us And four lines for $25 per line per month With eligible trade-in when you switch mm-hmm.